Oh, the same. about the Bodhisattva. Uh, we spent quite some time on uh, the Bodhisattva vows. Really, <laughs> quite some time on the Bodhisattva vows. Finally, we finished the Bodhisattva vows. And now we are talking about uh, the stages of uh, the stages that the Bodhisattva goes through before the Bodhisattva finally arrives at the goal of being a fully enlightened Buddha. 
the stages that the Bodhisattva goes through are uh, summarized in what is called the, the ten bumis or the ten stages or the ten grounds. Okay. And last time we, t- we talked uh, a little bit uh, about s- sort of uh, setting a, uh, a distinction as to w- what really makes something Bodhis- uh, a Bodhisattva aspiration. What is, the, what is the difference between, what is the real difference between Mahayana and Hinayana? Okay. Well, um, to get a clearer understanding of that. Okay. And especially the reason I wanted to talk about that is uh, to do away with misunderstanding uh, because when you hear a description of Hinayana, you hear that the Hinayana is someone who wants to achieve uh, Nirvana for themselves. So as soon as you hear the for themselves at the end, automatically you might think of, oh, these are selfish people. Okay. But for themselves is really in relationship to the, uh, uh, in comparison to the Bodhisattva, where the Bodhisattva is the one who seeks to achieve enlightenment for the sake of others. <laughs> okay. So for the sake of others, they seek fully enlighten, uh, full enlightenment. That the purpose for their achieving enlightenment is, is to use it to help others. Where the one who achieves uh, the, the Hinayanist, when the Hinayanist achieves their, his or her goal, the Hinayanist has fulfilled, that's it. Uh, and, and, and again, to say that's it, it makes it sound like, a, you know, like, like some minor uh, achievement. But they don't. The purpose of their seeking to achieve it wasn't to make use of it to help others, and it wasn't uh, uh, with, with the intention that after achieving it, they're gonna start. They're gonna do other things. Okay. So that's why it is said that they achieve it for themselves. That is, they're th- they're the one who is benefited directly by 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 uh, by this achievement, and they're the only one who. Uh, who receive the benefit of, of, of their achievement? It's not it's not something that they that they necessarily have the intention of uh, after achieving it going out and helping others. And again, we have to uh, clarify this because it's not that because you can achieve nirvana tonight. You can go, go into your meditation and achieve nirvana, and then you still have like you no know, 50 more years left uh, on on this earth. So what will you be doing for the next 50 years after you reach Nirvana, if you're in a Hinana uh, vehicle? That means now you, you, now you uh, stay away from society and then you just enjoy your, you know, your Nirvana by yourself in your cave? No, uh, this, this, this person would probably have a big Dharma center and then that person would be uh, teaching you know, millions of, of people. And it would then, and that person would be teaching them exactly what that what he or she did to to that made that person reach nirvana, so they can help all the, all those people reach nirvana also. So, so the by the the reach nirvana for themselves is not as selfish a uh, 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 thing as we as we think of it. Okay, it's just that when this person now dies. Or I guess for that person, uh, we don't say die anymore. We, we say this person has entered nir- nirvana, has, has entered party nirvana. Okay. So 
they no longer have a body, they no longer, they're no longer alive, but they, are, they, are, they still remain in, in, in nirvana. So while they are in this nirvana, for them, as far as their, their connection with beings is concerned, it's, that's it. They're, they're no longer in contact with beings, they're no longer, uh, they're no longer a- capable of being able to perceive or even understand something called suffering. It's impossible for them to even have that thought. So while they're in that state, they, what they were doing that for those, uh, for that, for those, uh, what you were doing for those 50 years while you were still on the planet, that, uh, you, you don't continue that mission anymore. That's it. So that's why they say that when they reach Nirvana, it's for themselves. Now for the Bodhisattva, if the Bodhisattva had reached, if, if you were a Bodhisattva and you went to, uh, and tonight you went to your meditation and you went to all the Bhumis all that in, one, in one meditation, and then you achieve uh, Buddhahood, okay? So, and then you have 50 years left of, on the, on the, uh, uh, of life for this lifespan, and you decide to just leave it like that. So, while you have your Dharma Center and everybody comes and comes see the actual Buddha, a fully, a fully enlightened Buddha, and you get teachings from them, and you teaching them how to reach what you what you've reached. Now, after you 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 you, you you've died. In, in this life, you will continue to doing to do your your, your work. You will you will uh, again appear in some in some world or you uh, reappear in this world, and then you will continue to teach. Okay, so that's the difference between when the bodhisattva reaches his or her goal and when the hinayanis reaches his or her goal. So at the at at the final uh, uh, expression of of that goal. What, what's happening? Th- that's what they are describing when they say the Hinayanis reaches Nirvana, for, for, and, and that Nirvana serves only that, 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 that Hinayanis uh, practitioner. And when a Bodhisattva does it for the benefit of others, that, that very state of achieving bu- Buddhahood is specifically geared to helping others with it. Okay? So that, that's one distinction that we have to make. It's not that when some when you see someone being selfish, you you, you call that person a hinayanis. And as far as you know, the gross emotions or gross uh, expressions of, of uh, selfishness that, that are concerned, even the hinayan, not, not, I even, shouldn't even say even the hinayanis, uh, even someone who is just aspiring to something higher in this in this world, they must subdue their their selfish their selfishness. Okay let alone someone who wants to achieve something as monumental as going beyond the world. Okay. Like for example, uh, you might think that uh, there's also this idea about uh, uh, you know, trying to go beyond what are called uh, uh, heavenly, heavenly, heavenly beings, he- heavenly beings, the beings who live in, in, in various heavenly states. So they are considered to be still within samsara, within within the wheel of suffering, and the goal of the hinayanis, the goal of the of the bodhisattva, is to go reach something that is beyond their state. So when you think of when when you have this picture in your mind, reaching something beyond their state, and then uh, automatically maybe you might you might start to uh, think of of the, the beings who achieve the heavenly states as somebody who uh, as inferior beings. 
even even in your in, in your in your in the state that you're right now, while you're still a human being, you're seeking uh, to to uh, to achieve a state that you are not there yet, and yet you're looking at some uh, some, some the heavenly beings who are who are higher than human beings as far as and why are they higher than human beings? Because to achieve the heavenly states, it's not like you know some it's not some random thing that happened. It's, uh, uh, it's not uh, someone you know showed favor to, to to some to some beings and give them the heavenly state and give you human and give you and then give it to you. Is that they worked? There are beings who who, who worked at uh, accumulating uh, very virtue, powerful virtuous karma. And as a result of those uh, powerful virtuous karma, they achieve a heavenly state. Okay, so that's how they achieve those states. But though they're not final states in the sense that they, they, uh, after uh, uh, when that lifespan that lifespan is limited, and when it's when it's gone, they may f they may uh, they're not going to go to another heavenly state. They might they might uh, go back to being a human being if they're lucky, or they might even go lower than being a human being. So that's why that state itself is not something to be aspired to. But it doesn't mean that those beings are beings that we should look down upon. Because they worked hard at getting uh, those states. As and and what, they have to, what they had to do to achieve those states involve what we find difficult to practice. The very virtue that we find difficult to practice is what they practiced and perfected. We're not perfected in a sense of uh, if they perfected it would have reached uh, nirvana or, or buddhahood but they did uh, such great progress with those uh, uh, practices that it, it, it resulted for them into a heavenly state okay. so when, when you're thinking you want to achieve a state which is higher beyond the he heavenly state the, it might, there might be the tendency of looking down at the beings who achieve those states and that is something uh, well, in the higher, in the higher uh, 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 vows, you, you you are forced. Well, not forced, but <laughs> you have to take a vow of not criticizing those those, those beings. You have to, in the higher in the higher practices, you have to take a vow where you promise uh, where you, where you know, where you shouldn't. Uh, Criticize th those those beings anymore. You shouldn't be look, looking down upon them. You have to see that, you know, it, it takes a lot of work to achieve those states, and to look down to look down upon them, and especially to to uh, voice your, your your criticism of them, is to discourage others to do those things that will help them get to those states. And as a bodhisattva, your job is to help beings get to any kind of happiness. Whatever happiness uh, you can help a, a being achieve, you want you want that being to achieve it. And when you see that a being achieve any kind of happiness, that, that as a bodhisattva, a bodhisattva feels uh, great joy when they see that. Okay. So, uh, why did I give this long talk about the heavenly states? <laughs> yeah, it goes back. <laughs> There's a connection. Uh, the attitude of being selfish to achieve those heavenly states which are not highest states of achievement you must get rid of selfish selfishness okay 
So the hinanis, when they say the hinanis is selfish, it is only, only relative to the bodhisattva. Not relative to anyone else. And as far as anyone else is concerned, a hinanis person is a very selfless person, is a very holy, I mean, that's what they are, they're holy beings. Uh, they're, they're, they're called saints. Okay. But only in reference, only in, in relationship to the bodhisattva. Because the bodhisattva's goal is to help all, all beings with their achievement. While, and it's not, it's not in the sense of, and remember, I asked that question last time, let me see if you remember. The, the, does the Hinayanis say, the Hinayanis, as the Hinayanis is practicing, do they, the, uh, does the Hinayanis say to, to him or herself, I want to achieve enlightenment for myself? I want to achieve Nirvana for myself? Do they, they, do they say that as they practice? Okay, here's the, my practice. Okay, let me, let me do my practice so I can reach Nirvana for myself. Do, do, they, do they do that? And if that, is, if that practitioner were to do that, were to formulate that, that, that kind of thought while they're practicing, they would not reach Nirvana. Okay. Yes. Well, there are many explanations for it. It depends on who you ask. <laughs> if you ask a Marianist, the Marianist will, will, will say one thing. If you ask, uh, well, you're not going to find a Hinaanis. You're not going to find somebody who calls himself, oh, I'm a member of the little vehicle. <laughs> I follow the, the small vehicle. Okay? <laughs> you're not going to find somebody who says that. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, probably... Never mind. Uh, <laughs> they probably call themselves Mariana. I don't know. Uh, the school that the, the the division of Buddhism that, that those who call Mayanas are pointing to when they say Hinayanas. Uh, uh, we talked about it uh, a little bit last time. Is that they don't see uh, the, the 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 distinction that they make between someone who is in a Hinayan who is a Hinayanist who achieves the ultimate goal of Nirvana and the Buddha as far as realization is concerned as far as the state, the experience is concerned they say there is no difference the, the only difference that they say is the Buddha is the first one who is capable of, te of, of teaching the Dharma so in a world where there is no Dharma, the first the being who is capable of bringing to that world the Dharma, that being is the Buddha. And that's the distinction, that's the only distinction they make. Well, and they, they, they also make some other distinctions in the sense of, like, in order to be able to be that kind of being, you need, you need to amass a, a great amount of merit. Three countless eons. Of merit, and the Hinayana say that, say, recognize that. But as far as when you finally reach Buddhahood, and and someone else reaches Nirvana, according to the Hinayana, there is really much of a difference. And as soon as the Buddha, uh, as soon as that being reaches Buddhahood, teaches the Dharma, 
and then their lifespan uh, uh, is uh, exhausted, that's it. Their career is over. They don't go to another world and start teaching again. That's how, that's how the, the Hinayanists understand it. So for them, for, when they hear a Mahayana say they're going to reach Buddhahood and then after they reach Buddhahood they're going to go to a million worlds and they keep on teaching forever they think it's absolutely nonsense yeah, because they think it, no, there's, once, you, once you're in party nirvana that's it your connection with others is, 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 is gone okay. uh, so that's one, that's one that's the understanding that they have as to uh, I, see, I, mean, I guess the reason that you, we might ask this question is, is also connected probably with the, with the selfishness, selfish a- attitude. Like we think, okay, it's not the gross selfishness that we understand, but it is some sort of selfishness. So why would they have even that subtle kind of selfishness? It's because of how they understand the goal, uh, how that person understands the goal. The, what, what, what the Mayanis is intending to do, the, the Hinanis believes it is impossible. Yes, you can. Yes, to achieve Buddhahood is a monumental thing, and some Hinayanists. Listen to this now. This is going to sound a bit uh, strange. Some Hinayanists aspire to become Buddhas. Okay, but it's not the Buddhahood as it is understood by the Mahayanas. They aspire to be the first to bring the Dharma in some world where. Uh, there is no Dharma. But they believe that once they've done that, that's it. That li- once that life is, uh, the lifespan is, uh, in, in that life is ex- uh, exhausted, th- their career as a, as a teacher is, is over. And they enter into Paranirvana and their connection with beings is, 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 is that's it. No more connection. Okay. So Hinayanis can also aspire to become a Buddha. But that does not make them a Mahayana, a Mahayanas. The, the Mahayanas, they see Buddhahood as something that is perpetual. It doesn't end. You, you bring the Dhamma here, and then the Dhamma flourishes, and then you continue your job as, as, as a Buddha. You continue to bring the, the Dhamma in, in many places. Okay. So, uh, we will try to reach the first boom. <laughs> so uh, uh, the progress of the Bodhisattva is that they go to ten definite monumental uh, changes that are, we, we call them. Uh, they're called the ten ten stages or the ten boomies. Okay. And remember from last time, boomi doesn't when you sense just like bodhi, the term Bodhisattva Buddha. Uh, uh, Bhumi, Bodhicitta those, those terms you hear them a lot in the Mahayana traditions doesn't mean that they are necessarily only Mahayana terms you will also find them in the Hinayana traditions also those, those very same uh, terms but used to have di- slightly different, uh, dif- different meanings so Bhumi is, is just the stages of realizations before you get to your ultimate goal whether it is nirvana or whether it is Buddhahood. For the Bodhisattva, 
then the, the end goal is to become a fully enlightened Buddha according to how the Mayans understand that uh, state to be so and also that means the Hinan is also while they are traveling they're, while they are making progress on, the, on their path to reach Nirvana those are also called Bhumis okay? so Bhumis are stages of definite realization and then that specific realization uh, has the power to make you to help you progress further okay? so that, that's what Bhumis are so uh, for the for the Bodhisattva, there are ten bumis, and the last one being uh, 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 so w- it's like uh, bumi eleven would be w- would be like a Buddhahood itself. Okay, so there are ten stages that the Bodhisattva goes through before they reach full enlightenment. Okay. And sometimes uh, I think in some uh, Chen or some Zen traditions, not all of them, but some some of those traditions, they talk about like you know, uh, because somehow they have the idea of even the Buddhas continue to evolve. Like like Buddhahood is like uh, the end result that uh, they, they continue to, to to evolve. So you might hear the 15th Bumi, the, this Buddha is on the 17th Bumi, things like that. But that that is very specific to that particular tradition. So uh, when when the Bodhisattva is has reached the, the tenth Bhumi, uh, you will hear uh, uh, this term called the Prince of the Dharma. Okay. So so uh, when you hear a Bodhisattva is called the Prince of the Dharma, that means this Bodhisattva is like a, a prince who is about to inherit the throne. Okay. Is in uh, the, the the next what's the what's the next career move for a prince? <laughs> okay. So it's like, uh, that's why they call the prince of the Dharma. He's about to become the king of the Dharma. He's about to become a fully enlightened Buddha. So that's the tenth Bhumi. Now, each of these Bhumis, there are things that are going on with each of the Bhumis. And there are transformations occurring, you know, every day, every moment in the mind of the Bodhisattva. But it's when they reach some monumental change. It's like, uh, you know, uh, your baby... Then your toddler, no, did I jump? Your baby, then your father? Yes. Baby, toddler, or infant? Or is that something else? Infant and baby. Infant is pretty much the same? Okay, infant or baby, toddler, then adolescent, adolescent mm-hmm. and then tween. <laughs> <laughs> then teen. Teen, and then adult, adult. right? Sure. And then adulthood has you know, various stages also. No. Miserable, very miserable. <laughs> Completely miserable. <laughs> and then the adult still has the child within. Yeah, child within, the toddler within. <laughs> okay, so we go through all these all these stages. Okay, but you know, every day, every moment, there, there are changes going on. But it's just when, when there are definite stages of when when we make a distinction. Now, toddler. Now uh, adolescence, now you know so forth. So it's the same thing with the with the boomies. It's not like uh, they spent you know many years or many eons waiting for some change, and then finally there's a change, and then there's a second boom. Okay. Now even before you reach the first boomy, <laughs> there are monumental changes going on, <laughs> and these are uh, the 
the first three paths, the first three of the five paths, the uh, the five the uh, five paths uh, to uh, to uh, Buddhahood, the five paths also to to Nirvana. Okay, and it's the path number three, four, and five. It's within those. It's within those three. Those three paths that the boomies uh, occur. Okay. So as soon as you reach the third path, you're in the first boomy. And then when you move, when you're moving from while you're in the fourth path, <laughs> moving to the fifth path. So boomy two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten occur. Okay. So. Uh, uh, Path one, two, and three. We have to talk about it a little bit before we get to the, the first boom. Okay. Uh, and, and these are uh, so sort of the things that you have to remember: ten boomies, five paths, uh, what are the, ten perfections. So these are the things that you have to. We're going to be juggling them back and forth. So you have to be familiar with these. Okay. Uh, uh, the 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 ten the t- do I say ten perfections? Yes. Okay. The ten perfections you know, right? We talked about it. Maybe you forgot. <laughs> They're supposed to be. You, know, th- you mostly hear six perfections, and then sometimes you hear ten perfections, and the last four are, are, are interchange. Sometimes they call the four means of attracting disciples, and sometimes they call uh, four uh, the, the other other sets of four perfections. You, uh, so. Ed, you were going to list the ten perfections? No, I was going to ask what the last <laughs> four were. A what? I was going to ask what the last four were. Oh, the last four. Because, oh. because it gets confusing. Yeah. So it depends on, 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 how the, on what they're listed. The ten perfections that are connected with the ten boomies, the last four are, are, are uh, skillful means, upaya, skillful means. The, the perfection of skillful means, uh, the perfection of, of uh, aspirational prayer, the perfection of uh, it's, it's called perfection of power. Okay, the third one, and the last one is the perfection of. It sounds like wisdom, but this is more like the perfection of knowledge or the perfection of. Sometimes it's referred to as the perfection. It's just called yeshe, which is knowledge, but it's the perfection of uh, primordial wisdom. It's like Really deep understanding of 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 of, uh, of of wisdom. Okay, the sixth perfection. What's the sixth perfection? Wisdom. wisdom. And the tenth perfection is yeshe. Yeshe. So the distinction you have to make is that the sixth perfection is a deep understanding of the true nature of reality. That's the sixth perfection. The tenth perfection, which is knowledge. Is you could say a really deep <laughs> understanding of the true nature of things. Okay. So uh, so these these are the well we just mentioned the last four. The first six you already know, right? You remember the first six six perfections? What's the first one? Generosity. Generosity. Is this co- is coming is coming? Uh, you remembering now? What's the next one? Morality, patience. patience. Anyone else can throw in a word in there? <laughs> Effort. Come on, give me one. Give me one. Keep 
So you have the perfection of giving or generosity, dana shila, the perfection of morality, santi, the perfection of patience, virya, the perfection of effort, and I'm on the fourth. And the fifth one is the perfection of concentration or, or meditation. And the sixth one we just mentioned, the perfection of wisdom. So ba- uh, usually you hear these six when you talk about the perfections. And sometimes you hear ten perfections. And I'm not going to uh, uh, list the other four that, that, that makes another ten perfections. But just the one that we, we will just stick with the one that we just mentioned. So the last when you add the four that I mentioned earlier uh, uh, skillful means uh, aspiration of prayer power and uh, wisdom, wisdom. <laughs> uh, come on give me a better word no, what, what's, what's the better word we can use uh, primordial wisdom yes we'll we, we, we stick with that one primordial wisdom okay primordial wisdom I hear primordial feels like it's been there forever yeah it's been there forever <laughs> <laughs> From the beginning. Wisdom from the beginning. <laughs> Wisdom from the beginning. <laughs> that has never changed. <coughs> but not, not in the sense of as it is wisdom as understood, but as an object, an, uh, with uh, a knowledge, a way of a way of things which has always been. Right. Yeah. In, that, in that sense, primordial. Like as long as there have been things, they have always existed this way. So that wisdom concerning that way of, of, of uh, that way of that way that way of their being is primordial. Okay. You should have a problem with the primordial. Mm, not oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So so these are the these are the things that we have to keep in your mind, juggle in your mind, because we're going to keep going back and forth with them. Okay. The ten perfections. Ten boomies. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the five paths. Okay. Okay. Also, the bodhisattva or the practitioner who's seeking uh, enlightenment or seeking uh, either whether it is uh, nirvana enlightenment or whether it is full Buddhahood enlightenment goes through five stages or five paths, five uh, realizations. And th- that's what we call the five paths. And, the th- and, and in right in the middle, the, the third path is where the monumental, a, a monumental change has occurred. That's when that person has become what is called an Arya. An Arya is someone who's had a direct perception of the true nature of reality. Okay? Not, a, not, not a, a deep understanding, but a direct, direct perception of what is the true nature of reality. And when the practitioner has had this experience, the practitioner is on the third path. And the practitioner is called an Arya. And it, it could be a Hinayana Arya, or it could be a Mahayana Arya. Okay? So keep those terms in your, in your, in your, in your mind. Now we're going to go to the first two before you get to Arya. And then when, and when we are talking about the ten Bhumis, we are actually talking about what happens from, from the third path to the fifth. All the ten boomies occur for, for, uh, in those stages, in those areas. Okay. 
Now, uh, for the Bodhisattva, when the Bodhisattva uh, uh, and one in the definition of a Bodhisattva, and uh, one one of the uh, major elements, or and there are major, several major elements in the definition, but one of the ma- one of those major elements is that the Bodhisattva, the person who is about to become the Bodhisattva has uh, well compared to someone who uh, like in the same level okay, le- same level of realization that they're not bodhisattvas yet they're not uh, uh, they, they imagine two people who, remember those, those two uh, friends or those two uh, siblings who entered the path before one was, they, they were both Hinayanists remember, remember the story? I made it up <laughs> <laughs> Two friends or two siblings went to the path uh, three countless eons ago, okay, and then they're both Hinayanists, and they were, and they had both had exceptional qualities of being able to achieve Nirvana, okay, and as they in, enter the the path and they, they they make progress, one of them decides in a Hinayana way to become a Buddha, okay, and what essentially is is what what that person essentially did was. I'm not going to enter Nirvana now. I'm going to spend uh, the rest, I'm going to spend, uh, before I enter Nirvana, I want to accumulate the necessary merit so I can uh, become a Buddha. Okay. And that, fr- that person's friend in that life entered Nirvana. Okay, because they both had the, decided to enter Nirvana in, in that life. So that person's friend entered Nirvana, and that person's friend is now is called an Ahat, a destroyer of the enemy, a foe destroyer. Right? And the one who decided to become a, a Buddha, although he could have entered Nirvana at, at that same life, decides to hold on to that. And he does, that person now starts doing the perfections. The perfection of, that person perfects the perfection of giving, the perfection of morality, and so forth. Right? Until they've they've they've, they've uh, made such excellent progress that well not they but that person made such excellent progress on the perfections finally three countless eons uh, uh, later they are able to now achieve manifest uh, uh, Buddhahood so they go to a world where there's no Dharma because only a Buddha can bring the Dharma to such a world and then by the power of of all the stuff that spiritual practice that they've been they've been involved they are able to somehow uh, trigger uh, the, uh, f- uh, further the, the search for, for Buddhahood without anyone you know, uh, coming to them and teaching them how to do it. So in that life, that person achieved Nirvana. And in that life, after achieving Nirvana, now the person has a circle of following, followers start to teach, and start to teach, teach the Dharma. And after teaching, uh, after teaching the Dharma, and that person passes away. Now, that person, according to, Hina, to the Hinayana, that person, in having passed away, their state of realization is no different than that sibling or that uh, friend he left three countless years ago who achieved Nirvana in that life. So the nirvana of that friend back then and the nirvana of this person now is there is no difference. That's how it's understood in the Hinayana 
tradition. So you can see how if you have this understanding, if you have this understanding of what Buddhahood is, and yet you still aspire to become a Buddha, your compassion is monumental. It's even more monumental than the one in the Mayana who thinks that you're going to continue. I think. I'm not saying that you know, it's more true than the other. I'm talking about for you to have this understanding and to, 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 to believe that is, that is the truth. And the, the, your friend from three countless eons ago, you're, go, you, you, you're going to reach the same state of, as that friend. And you delayed achieving that state for the benefit of others. So that, you, so, that you can, so that you can bring the Dhamma to a planet. Not to, countless, not to a million worlds all at once, but to a planet, to a world, where it may last for 2,500 years. I mean, three countless eons and 2,500 years, I mean, it's like, you know, not even a drop, not even a drop. Right? And yet, to, to have the... To, to have the to have the persistence to do to keep on doing it. Okay, it's two thousand it's two countless eons now. Okay, I have one more countless eon left. Okay, I get do what uh, which perfection I have left to do? Okay, I, I finished uh, giving. <laughs> okay. And you and you're consciously engaging in, in these activities. Okay. So you can see it now that's the level of compassion. A being a, a, a bodhisattva, uh, uh, and that's the kind of monumental being a bodhisattva is. And it is this monumental st- uh, uh, state of mind that the tradition called the Mahayana focuses mainly on, on developing. Okay, it focuses mainly on developing this, 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 this kind, uh, this kind of disciple. Okay. So. Uh, before you get to that state of mind where you say, "Okay, I'm gonna uh, reach, I'm gonna reach the goal, and I'm gonna make the goal into a means of helping uh, uh, others," okay. uh, while you're while you're while you're uh, cont- uh, trying you know, to trick your mind to get <laughs> to get to that to that to that uh, uh, state, when you finally get to that state, when it's become it's called uh, spontaneous. Where, where every, almost every thought, every motivation you have is to reach that goal, is to be able to accomplish that. Uh, when you're sleeping, uh, you're dreaming, you're eating, whatever you're doing, it's infused with this idea of wanting to achieve uh, uh, enlightenment in, and to use it as a means to help others. When you, once, you, once you have this spontaneous uh, realization, you've entered the first path. Okay, now you're you're a bodhisattva, and now you're you're on the first path. And while you're on the first path, you're gonna go through. Well, this is Buddhism. <laughs> There's the, the four of this, the five of that. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, I can I remember all the earlier books I read about Buddhism. They always mentioned that that well, no, this is Buddhism. The Buddhism always uh, uh, categorized things. The the categorizing uh, uh, religion. Okay. <laughs> The five of this, the four of that. This one has four stages, 
and this stage, the substage has five stages. No, that kind of that. Okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna get away from that. So you have the first path. The first path is <laughs> has four paths. <laughs> the first path has four stages. Okay, <laughs> and uh, uh, what's happening with along the five st- well along the five paths is 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 really just one meditation. Okay? You're doing one meditation. I mean, what meditation is that? <laughs> you said on the four stages of the first path? No, on all, on all five paths. You're doing one meditation. And it is your experience with that one meditation that takes you through the five paths. Yes, Ed? Well, it depends. That could be a trick answer. <laughs> uh, my question wasn't a trick question. Why are you going to give me a trick answer? <laughs> because there are two kinds of bodhicittas. Ultimate bodhicitta and relative bodhicitta. So that was a trick answer because if I say no, you can say, well, you, I, I didn't mean uh, relative bodhicitta, I meant ultimate bodhicitta. <laughs> okay. So, Okay, uh, <laughs> ultimate bodhicitta. It's a meditation on ultimate bodhicitta. Okay. But since since this is a, a, a bodhisattva, now you see why the answer is even trickier. Since this is a bodhisattva, from from remember, at, you enter the first path once you have spontaneous bodhicitta, right? So throughout your career, bodhicitta is, bodhicitta is always there. You never lose bodhicitta. Okay? Now, with the mind holding on to bodhicitta, you're meditating on ultimate bodhicitta. And ultimate bodhicitta is what the true nature of reality. Okay. Synonym. So there are synonyms. Ultimate, nat- ultimate nature of reality, ultimate bodhicitta, uh, emptiness. These three terms are, uh, are synonyms. Okay? So you're really just doing one meditation. The Bodhisattva is, uh, uh, is now infused with the intention, with this, with this monumental sense of compassion that is just beyond understanding. This monumental sense of love that is just, no one can you know, uh, uh, envelop. Okay? And with your mind so imbued, now you're meditating on the ultimate nature of reality. Okay? And the object that you use to, who's the object that, that you're focusing on, that whose ultimate nature that you're seeking, you know, will, will change. But it's still ultimately the ultimate nature of reality that you're, that you're meditating on. Okay? So that's, it's, it's the meditation that you do on that that, uh, that uh, goes through those various stages of, that, that, that goes through the various stages called the five paths, that's called the, the ten bhumis. Okay? It's how, what happens to you at certain uh, at certain stages of progress on that meditation. Okay. So your first meditation, you could say, before the first path, is a meditation that where you actualize bodhicitta, the relative bodhicitta, that aspiration, that that monumental sense of love and compassion, and holding on to that re- result. Now you're starting to meditate on the ultimate nature of reality. 
the first okay now in the first half first half has four <laughs> the first half has four branches <laughs> the first level of the, fir- of the first path is called heat and the reason it's called heat is because your wisdom is, starting, is uh, getting very close to, un- to understand the true nature of reality and then you, act- you, you, exp- uh, you experience a, a, is that the word? physiological you experience a physiological sensation of heat which is uh, 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 in response to it's like your mind is on fire literally <laughs> your mind is literally on fire seeking the true nature of reality you're burning your brain <laughs> I'm, no I'm not kidding okay? <laughs> you're not burning your brain <laughs> so your uh, the first one is called heat the second one is called peak and the peak is the peak of that heat that heat has reached its peak. Okay, that's the peak stage. And with this heat having reached its peak, now you're you're able to bear this heat peak. The third level is called patience with the heat. <laughs> okay, and having reached a, a level of patience, I'm going to explain it a bit, a bit uh, less comically. <laughs> so you have heat peak patience. And after patience is supreme dharma. Okay, the supreme dharma. That means now your mind uh, uh, is very, 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 very close to uh, to have a direct experience of the true nature of reality. All right. So that's 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 the last stage. Once once you reach the church of uh, uh, supreme dharma. That's when now you've graduated from the first path. You're 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 about to enter the second path. Right, there are five paths. Okay, and so all this is meditation on emptiness, meditation on the true nature of reality. And what's what's happening from the first path to the third path is uh, before you get uh, uh, when you when you begin your meditation. You get to uh, you, 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 you're, you're meditating on the true nature of reality. You're meditating. You're meditating. Meditating, and then suddenly there's what is called uh, uh, a conceptual understanding of the true nature of reality that comes up, and this conceptual understanding is itself a very powerful uh, uh, realization. It's a very powerful uh, object of realization, and. It, it is so strong, so powerful, that if you were to describe it to someone who, who didn't have any experience, that person might believe that you've had a direct experience. From the, just because that, that, that is so, it's such a powerful experience. And now, what's happening now from the first path to the third path is that this conceptual image is, is, is uh, uh, what's called uh, disin- uh, disintegrating it's disintegrating so it's dissipating so it's, so it's no longer so it's no longer conceptual it's becoming more and more direct more and more uh, uh, so 
what makes it conceptual is that the sense of distance that you feel that your mind is here and it is there there's, so there's a sense of dual, duality that, that, that is occurring so you're, you're, the, the, what you're doing in your meditation what the progress that you're making in your meditation is so, sort of uh, uh, closing the gap between your mind and the object and, in a, in a, in, and what's dissipating is the sense of duality where the sense of duality is, is, is getting less and less, less and less, less and less, less and less and once the sense of duality is completely gone and your mind is now completely in direct contact with this object that's when you reach the third path okay so you can say the heat, peak, patience and and supreme dharma thank you that's various levels of duality that is being uh, that is that, that you're doing away with your mind is getting closer and closer to the to the object which is the true nature of reality uh, now what's happening in the first stage the, the first path what you are perfecting that is allowing you to, when you're meditating on, on, on the ultimate nature of reality what you are perfecting what you're making progress with is the mind itself you're changing the subtlety you're changing you're refining the mind and as you're refining the mind then it, 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 it's like you're, 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 you're cleaning the mind the sort of Zen expression of cleaning the mind it seems to be uh, perfect to use here you clean the mind and that mind is able to see clearer and clearer and clearer and the, the sense of seeing clearer and clearer is that the sense of duality between you and the true nature of reality is, 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 is um, dissipating <laughs> okay and finally you reach Chirchok and you're about to graduate from the first path to the second path okay. now here is this incredible thing that happens at Chirchok that everybody wants to reach once you reach Chirchok, uh, Supreme Dharma you're, you have reached a capacity of memory that is incredible you can no longer forget Dharma not only can you no longer forget Dharma that you, you heard in this life some are able to even recall Dharma that they've, that they've had in previous lives Okay. That's 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 church of Supreme Dharma. Okay. And it's called the Dharma continuum stage. Okay. And this is just the first path. Okay. And then and with your meditation, what you're refining your meditation, what you're refining now is uh is uh is being able to in, in the first stage what you are trying to do with your mind is in, in your meditation uh, progress is to have the mind remain steady you're trying to sort of perfect the steadiness of the mind and then you, you're perfecting it, perfecting it and you go into those various stages now you've perfected the steadying the mind that is you're incapable of being distracted there could be a thunderstorm going on uh, outside and you're right in the middle of, of, of it and it will not disturb you it will not, it, it will not have the ability to disturb you to distract you 
you just cannot be distracted. Okay? You have done away with this uh, faultiness in the mind that is distract. This, come on, help me here. Distracting. Uh, it's a fault of the mind to do with distraction. It's a, it's a, it's a quality of a, of, a, of a samsaric mind. Distractibility? Yes. That's, okay, thank you. <laughs> no? Scattering. Scattering. I'm thinking more, more of it like a. Wandering mind. Are you looking at the flip side of that? The ability to concentrate so you're not distracted? Or what was that? Okay. Con- to concentrate? You know, it's like ultimate concentration so you're completely. Yeah, focused. but yeah, w- what is the, uh, yeah, the opposite of that? What is it that makes the mind not able to do that? Mm, well, that's, a, that, that's, that's something that leads to that, yeah, that accompanies it. Let's take the distractibility. Okay. So it, it's like the mind has this thing that makes it incapable of, fo- of, of having perfect focus. That thing, uh, distractibility, okay, or, well, well, we'll come up with some better word next time. <laughs> so, so the mind has completely done away with that. Okay. The mind your mind is no longer capable of being distracted. Someone, I mean, no, thunder can be roaring in, in your ears and it will not disturb you. Okay. So, now that you have perfected steadiness, steadying the mind, now what you have to do is, within that steadiness, being able to have the mind move. <laughs> and not be distracted by the movement. This kind of meditation is what is called Plakton. And you've heard of it before, Vipassana. Vishpasyana. Okay. So it's like the mind, you know, it's like the mind sets a boundary and then within that boundary it moves. And then not being able to go beyond that boundary, is, is, that's the Vipassana. So it's, you're basically doing what, what you might call single-pointed analysis. Your, your mind is analyzing something and then the analysis, which is the mind moving, does not distract the one-pointedness. Okay. Now, when you're seeking to perfect this ability to analyze and the analysis itself does not become a means to take you out of deep meditation, and now you're on the second path and now what is it that the mind is deeply focusing on and analyzing the same meditation meditation on emptiness the true nature of reality and then the mind goes through uh, various stages actually skip the four that I mentioned actually I made a mistake the, the, the peak the heat the because now it makes more sense right Patience. Patience, it's, it's, it's the second path. The first path, uh, now I have to re-explain. Okay, I hope I I'm not going to confuse you. Okay, the first path, everything that I just said about the first path really is the second path. <laughs> okay, it really makes more sense because I'm just, just about to see emptiness, right? And I'm saying, wait a minute, there's a whole path left <laughs> in between. So, everything I just said is the second path. The first path is divided into three paths. <laughs> three three sections. It's re- really easy. Beginning, 
middle and end. <laughs> okay. and, and that has to do with the steadiness of, of the steadying the mind. Okay, steadying the mind. Okay. The first path, steadying the mind. Second path, using that mind, that steady mind, and still doing analysis. And what you're analyzing is the true nature of reality. And while you're analyzing it in the true nature of reality, seeking the, to understand the true nature of reality with a very focused mind, then you go to those heat, peak, patience, and Churchill. Okay. And finally, at the end of Churchill, you have this very... Uh, uh, with a person who has an experience of Churchill, of, of Supreme Dharma, their understanding of emptiness is so profound that that person himself or herself may think they've had a direct, direct uh, perception of emptiness which they haven't yet. Okay? So the understanding of the true nature of reality at Churchill is so profound it might, fool, it might even fool the, 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 the meditator himself. Okay? And finally when the mind finally when, the, when there's no more duality between the the true nature of reality and the person meditating on it, then that's when they've reached the third, the third path. And at this very moment of reaching the third path, the Bodhisattva enters the first bhumi. Finally, the first bhumi. Okay. <laughs> now I've reached the first bhumi. Nine more to go. Nine more to go. <laughs> We're gonna, yeah, of course. <laughs> we have a few seconds left, right? <laughs> so, at the first Bumi, inc- monumental, incredible things. That, I mean, we already talked about monumental, incredible things that happened. Oh, this is even more monumental, more incredible. Because right before they, ha- they had this, they uh, became a first Bumi Bodhisattva, the Bodhisattva had what is we call the Dharma continuum, right? Now they have this incredible memory, powerful memory. Uh, they, they, uh, what, what, what's the term? Dhyana. 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 Oh, that's uh, 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 that's meditation in general. So they, they they have perfected. They have perfected. It's, it's because of their they're perfecting their meditation. That's why they they have. It's like as a byproduct. It's not like they were seeking it as a byproduct of refining their, their, their meditation, as a byproduct of refining it, their, their mind. It, it, as you refine the mind, you're removing those, uh, what, what's that nice term they use? Uh, adventitious? Adventitious? Adventitious. Adventitious, yeah. The adventitious, I like that term, I have no, I have no idea what it means. <laughs> <laughs> the adventitious uh, qualities of the mind are being removed or subdued. And one of the adventitious qualities of the mind that is removed or subdued is forgetfulness. Forgetfulness is removed. It's gone. Okay? And, 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 and the forgetfulness is so powerful that you're even able to remember things of past lives. Okay? And whatever you, 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 you learn, you never forget from that, from that moment. Okay? So... That itself is a monumental thing. I mean, for me, I, mean, I wish I could you know, remember <laughs> what happened yesterday. <laughs> so, you have... Hmm? If, if you said, you said uh, if you reach that point and your forgetfulness is removed, you, you can remember some 
that, I mean, that is spontaneously remember. Yeah. Like if you make an effort to remember, then you will remember. But yeah. like you know, that's like uh, you know, a, a bunch of uh, leaves fall in the room. You can you, there's the image of a bunch of leaves, but you you you. But there are some specific ones that you you have to direct you directly see. But if you make effort, you can look at you can look up for the other one. I'm not sure if that's an analogy. No, that, that is working. Good. That's a word too. <laughs> <laughs> so you have uh, an avalanche. It's like you know uh, forgetfulness. Forgetfulness was like a curtain hiding your your, your memories, and all of a sudden the curtain is removed, mm-hmm. and you have this vista. Uh, vista? Yeah. You have this vista. This uh, no, this vast land. This vast uh, uh, vision, okay. That's your memories. So what is what is direct? What your mi- mind directly, you know. You no, know, what what hits your mind, the first that that's gonna be like your, your uh, the spontaneous memory, okay. So you can go and grab. You can go and grab the other ones if you make effort. So they're all there. They're all there. It's not like you, some of them are for, forgotten. Yeah. Some of them. No. Like that's yeah. And they're all there from all your. Yeah, they're there. And if you want, you can make effort. And, and, and the effort that you can make is that you can expand what's spontaneous. Well, uh, well you, know, you don't necessarily have to make an effort at, at expanding this, what is becomes spontaneous. Just progressing on the path itself, the byproduct of that, will make more of them spontaneous memories. We're not talking about trivial memories. No, no, no. no. <laughs> We're talking about, talking about important memories. <laughs> well, in this one, they say uh, they, they say dharma. dharma. You don't you don't forget dharma, but it's it's, it's forgetful. It's it's adventitious quality of the mind as forgetfulness that is removed. Okay, that's why you can remember now. But is it, what you're remembering, I'm just this is kind of a question. Isn't it the primordial wisdom, it's not remembering like things that we think of as memories like this happened and that happened and that has no, that's an illusion so what you're remembering is Yeshe, which is the primordial wisdom which you've been obscuring oh no, that, that is, it's not that one okay. no because you haven't quite reached primordial wisdom yet this is this is the last stage of, right before you, 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 you have a direct experience of primordial wisdom no, it's and since your body is sattva, what is important to you? Dharma. Dharma. So that becomes your, your spontaneous memory. Okay. You 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 remember Dharma. You remember I guess in a sense you remember things connected to wisdom. Okay. Things that you learned before. Uh, uh, Dharma teachings that you, you had before in previous lives, Dharma teachings that you've had in this life. So they're all present. Uh, so, and the Dharma teachings that you at that time integrated into your mind. Yes, definitely. Those are, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely fresh. You, mm-hmm. you have this incredible uh, manifestation occurring, and now when you reach the first Bhumi itself, some another incredible, some man- monumental things happen. First, uh, you are no longer an ordinary being you're now called an Arya. And because you're Bodhisattva, you're not just any Arya, you're, you're Arya Bodhisattva. Or Bodhisattva Arya. Which one? Arya Bodhisattva. Arya Bodhisattva. You're an Arya Bodhisattva. 
Okay? And that itself is like, you know, no, it's, it's, it's not anyone can, can hold on to that name, okay? Can bear, can bear that, can bear the weight of that name. Uh, and on the first Bumi, you're able, uh, and, and because of the powerful, the power of the meditation that you have achieved, because of the object, the kind of object that you are using to get uh, with that meditation, as a byproduct of that, you're able to manifest, you're able to, you're able to, to do, uh, well, you're able to do a lot of things, but <laughs> there are 12, 12 things that are mentioned, and I'm, I'm not going to mention all 12 of them. I'll mention some of them. Uh, uh, some of them has to do with, the, with number 100. You're able to emanate 100 bodies. And you're able to emanate 100 bodies for each one of these 100, for each one of these 100 bodies. So like you're able to emanate yourself 100 times, and each one of those emanations has, can, can have 100 emanations. You can appear in, one, in 100 worlds simultaneously. You can uh, have, you know, we talk about the spontaneous memory, your spontaneous memory is contained within 100 eons. You have 100 eons of memory that you can go back to. <laughs> no, if, if you don't make an effort, that is. <laughs> uh, what, uh, you can see, you can go to 100 Buddha lands. That is, you can go to 100 worlds where there's a, a live Buddha teaching and get teachings, and get teachings from them. Now, your, your, your meditation is such... Uh, this is something that you hear about may, mostly... Uh, I, I have not heard this kind of talk in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Hinana teachings. Maybe, maybe it's, there's something similar to it. Where the Bodhisattva can enter 100 meditations simultaneously. I have no idea what that means. All I can do, <laughs> all I can do is report the words. Okay, mm-hmm. you can enter 100 meditations simultaneously. Okay, enter and 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 then and then stay for a little bit and then come out of it. Now, the only uh, uh, thing that I can uh, recall that might be related to this is. On the Hinayana path, when you're seeking, uh, uh, when you're on your way to Nirvana, what you're able to do with Laktong, with this meditation called Laktong, uh, Vipassana, is that you can enter, into, you can enter into meditation, see the true nature of reality directly, and then come out of it. Now, that is not an easy thing to do. To be able to, once you, first of all, to get to that, to get to the meditation takes some time, <laughs> and then to hold on to the meditation, and then to get to seeing the true nature of reality, that might take some time, and at the very moment when you're seeing the true nature of reality, you, you enter, 
you, 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 you sort of like spaced out. <gasps> oh my God! <laughs> You're in that stage, <laughs> and then by the time you say, <gasps> oh my, no, that's a lot of that's time passing by. <laughs> okay, to be able to 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 cut that short takes a lot of many a lot of mind power. Okay, so to be able to enter that 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 state and come out of it quickly is considered to be a, a powerful uh, uh, ability of the mind. Okay? And the faster you're able to do this, the, uh, the more powerful meditator you're considered to be. Okay? So if you enter meditation and you've seen the true nature of reality and you <gasps> and, and the, and the uh, what you call it, the dazzle, the dazzlement, the you're not, you're, not, you're not completely overwhelmed by, the, you know, by this this incredible experience you know usually what happens is you know you enter into that meditation you have this experience and then <laughs> like that <laughs> and then until it, until it you know naturally fades then that's when you come out you don't you don't you don't you don't, you don't hear the bell you don't hear the phone ring and say oh wait a minute oh should I leave this and go to the phone <laughs> which is more important here okay no matter no matter who no matter who's on the phone, they can wait. <laughs> okay. There's no news that is more important than what you're experiencing right now. You're seeing the true nature of reality. You're having, it's like you're holding in your hands the medicine that ends suffering forever. What, what, what are you going to do? Oh, the, you know, I, there's an appointment I got <laughs> to get to. Uh, which, which should I go to? <laughs> So when you're in that experience, it, the you know, the 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 force that projected you into that experience, you 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 just wait for that force to dissipate before before you come out. Okay. So to be able to willfully remove yourself from that experience takes a lot of mental power, and the quicker you're able to do it. You're the more powerful of a meditator you, you are. Okay? So that is something that in the Hinayana state to, to, uh, uh, to sharpen the mind because the more powerful you make the mind the more powerful the experience of seeing emptiness directly becomes. Okay? And, and the reason that you want the experience to become uh, you want it to be as powerful as possible is like you have a hammer and you want to destroy something, you know, if you drop it you know, slowly, it will you know, start damaging it. But the more power you, you add to the hammer, the more damage you can do to, to that thing that you want to destroy. Okay? So in the same way, the more powerful the mind before the encounter of, of, of the, uh, with direct, directly seeing emptiness directly, the more powerful the outcome will be in the sense of destroying the seeds of suffering. Okay? So, to refine the mind, make the mind more powerful, the exercise that you do is to do this thing of entering and quickly come out. Okay? And, and that might be something uh, uh, that might be connected to this thing of the Bodhisattva being able to enter 100 meditations simultaneously. Maybe that he goes, into, he goes so fast in one moment that you could say he, he entered 100 meditations. I guess if you go in, come out, go in, come out, go in. I guess every time you go in, that's one meditation, right? So if you do it in one moment, 
I guess you could say 100 meditation one word. I'm not sure. I haven't heard the, uh, much more of an explanation for, for this one. Okay. And there are other stuff that the Bodhisattva can do. But these are the ones that I think uh, you'll be very interested in. Being able to go, being able to go and see a, a, if you want to, there's a teaching that you have, you, you have just an idea. Or you, 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 while you're a Bodhisattva, you know, you're trying to do your, your, your Bodhisattva activity and you encounter a problem. Wow, how do I deal with this person? <laughs> My, I haven't heard anything from my teacher that tell me how to deal with such a person. Then you want a teaching on how to deal directly with such a person. Then you can go directly to any of 100 Buddhas and get the teaching directly from them. Directly. Not go to their, not go to their, the, the text that they left behind and hoping that some library somewhere then burn it. But you know, uh, Buddha so-and-so you go to the Buddha so-and-so's world, say, hey, Buddha so-and-so, my name is uh, Bodhisattva so-and-so, and uh, <laughs> I've met one little being who's uh, a bit difficult to deal with. <laughs> uh, teach me how to deal with that being, okay? What, what's, the, what's the Dharma? Okay. Something like that, okay? Uh, and also being able to emanate. A bodhisattva and the first Bumi already has the capacity to emanate. So emanation is not something that just only Buddhas do. The Buddhas do it, no. No. <laughs> you can no describe words, no words for it. you can describe how to do it but <laughs> you start being able to do it then okay so that's the first boomy and uh, some other stuff that we'll talk about about the first boomy next time we meet okay so I hope we get you have some understanding well I hope I didn't confuse you too much when I was talking about the second when I, I was calling it the first <laughs> so the first path the second path the third path. Because that's where we are right now. And from the, when we are on the third path, we are talking about the ten boomies. Okay. Third, fourth, and fifth path. Alright? Okay. Any questions? Would you guys, um, each of the emanations would be meditating at the same time? And that could be the hundred simultaneous meditations? Mm, no. No. Because each one of those emanations could be acting independently, simultaneously, but they could all each one be doing the same thing. Okay. Like each one could. Ah, uh, uh, that's a cute little uh, mathematical thing you get there. So you could have the Bodhisattva can actually enter 100 meditations times 100 times 100. Yeah. <laughs> because each one of those emanations could be doing a meditation, entering 100 meditations at the same time. Does anybody have their calculator? <laughs> it's 100 factorial, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> and that's only the first Bhumi Bodhisattva. It's not what is referred to here as vipassana. It, it has different meanings. Like what Goenka does. Yeah. Is that what different from what you're talking about? Yeah, it's different. What Goenka, uh, the, the vipassana that came through the Goenka uh, 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 tradition, is it's, it, it's called vipassana, 
but uh, it is mainly mindfulness meditation and what is referred to here as vipassana is meditation a single pointed focus analyzing the true nature of reality that's vipassana in this in, uh, in, in this context okay no more questions So, page sixteen. Yeah. And then twenty-six. Yeah. So sixteen, and then we'll do the English translation after that. And um, we do the Tibetan in English, the Tibetan in English. Everybody get the Mandala Mudra? <laughs> Offering the Mandala Mudra? <laughs> and be careful how you do it because if, if you. You get stuck. You could get. Yeah. <laughs> In samsara. <laughs> I'm kidding, okay. <laughs> I'll sh- do you show you now or after? Okay, she's the, uh, the teacher uh, of. Uh, <laughs> this is my little. Uh, my special, special talent. <laughs>
Thank you.